Pastor Ed Taylor poses this question as we begin today's Abounding Grace. What kind of people are we to be in tough times? But those that hear and respond to the Word of God, those that live by the grace of God, those that look for a city whose builder and maker is God, that's what Abraham did. Remember, as we were studying through the Hall of Faith, he lived his whole life looking for that city whose builder and maker was God. Looking for that day when every tear will be wiped away, where every wrong will be made right, where every question that you have will be answered in the presence of Jesus Christ. A kingdom that can't be shaken. So much today can be shaken. This is amazing grace. This is Hey, thanks for hanging out with us here at Abounding Grace, where we open the Word with Pastor Ed Taylor, seeking truths to apply to our lives. As we head back to Hebrews chapter 12, we're going to key in on this phrase, see that you do not refuse him who speaks. It's an important reminder for tough times like these when it's so tempting to refuse the Word of God. But as we'll discover momentarily, there's always a price to pay when we refuse the Word. So let's be encouraged to hear it and obey it. Take your Bibles, open them to Hebrews chapter 12. Would you? Hebrews chapter 12, we're going to pick up in verse 25, where we left off last time in a Bible study that I've entitled, Don't Refuse the Word of God. Or you could also say, Don't Resist the Word of God. Don't refuse it. That's how chapter 12, verse 25 starts out, right in the very beginning. He says, See that you do not refuse him who speaks. Don't refuse his word and don't refuse him. Because it is possible for men and women, boys and girls, to refuse him who speaks, to resist the word of God in their lives. Now hold your place in chapter 12. Go back to chapter 1 and let's remember how the book of Hebrews begins. Written to a group of Jewish Christians under great strife, under great persecution, so much so that they're thinking about abandoning Christianity, walking away from Jesus. So Paul, I believe the author, takes his pen in hand and notice how he starts out the letter. Verse 1 of chapter 1. God, who at various times and in different ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us, by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. To this group of suffering believers, the word of God to them is the same word of God to us. The central focus of Hebrews and the Bible itself is God and his voice and his word. There's no attempt to prove his existence because there's no need. God exists and we're his creation. You know, along the years, there's been a lot of voices trying to replace God. You know, you think of the voice of evolution or atheism or agnosticism or false religions of all types, but none of them represent God. None of them are the voice of God. Evolution's the voice of man, atheism, the voice of man, agnosticism, false religions. No, 
in time, in tough times, we need to be reminded that there is a singular voice to pay attention to, and that's the voice of God. God speaks, and we would do well to listen and to respond. Or now, as we see in verse 25, as Paul is winding the letter down, and as he's coming to the conclusion, and he's explained all of the things of the superiority of Jesus. Don't go away. He's the fulfillment of the law. All that you need. And as he winds down, he's like, these little strong encouragement and exhortations. He says, look, see that you don't refuse him who speaks. He's the genesis. He's the author and finisher of your faith. Don't refuse him or his word. Can I just say it's a good thing that God chose to reveal himself to us because we would never be able to know God unless he told us about himself. It was a good thing that he gave us his word. The main message from God to man requires God to reveal himself, to show himself to us. Men and women by ourselves cannot figure out God. We have these walls around us known as time and space. It's like we're in a box, if you will, and God must invade our lives and reveal himself so that we might respond. God being in the supernatural, we being in the natural, there needs to be a bridge between us. And as we learned last time, remember, there's one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. He's the final word of God. He's not a bridge. He is the bridge to God. From his own lips, Jesus would declare that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. And so God has revealed himself, and we're grateful for that. Yet the truth as it goes forward can be resisted. It can be ignored. You can jot it down, but in Romans chapter 1, towards the end there, or maybe towards the middle of the chapter, Paul talks about a group of people, and he says it this way, who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. And those that suppress the truth, that tells us that they've heard it, that they know it, that they understand it, and desire now not to follow it by suppressing it in their own unrighteous behavior. Of course, in Romans, he's speaking about unbelievers, but by way of application, I've seen believer, follower after Christ do this many times, suppressing the truth and choosing unrighteousness instead. One of the greatest temptations when times are tough is to refuse the word of God. One of the greatest temptations when you're ready to walk away, go back to the bottle, go back to the party scene, maybe you're, you know, you're just like, oh, I don't believe any of this anymore, and I'm right, it's too hard, too difficult, it's not what is promised. One of the greatest temptations in times like that is just to ignore God's word. The word that you've received, the word that you've heard. And so what does he say? Don't refuse. It's like, it's like he's, he's getting right into your eyes, right into your face. And he's saying, look, this is what you need. See to it that you don't refuse him who speaks to you. And then he takes us back to an illustration uh, that he's used before in verse 25. He says, for if they did not escape who refused him, who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he's promising yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this verse 27, yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. 
I think this is such a great illustration to use with the Hebrew believers because their whole life's been shaken. They've been shaken to the core. And, and I think it's a great, really a great place in the text to be for us as a congregation right here, right now, because in the last year or so, we have been shaken. We have been shaken in many different ways. And I think that, the, that man, we have a tendency to give man too much credit and to give governments too much credit, maybe even to give the enemy of our souls too much credit because God is sovereign and he is over all of this shaking that's going on. He's allowed things into our lives to shake those things that are not eternal so that we might let go of them and walk away from them instead of trying to cling so much to what's comfortable and easy, instead saying, no, things are going to be shaken. And Jesus makes the same, he uses the same illustration that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Why? So that that which is important, or even here, that which is eternal will be seen. And our allegiance will be given to God. There is the temptation to resist God's word, like in verse 25, they didn't escape. They didn't escape those who refused him, who spoke on earth. They didn't escape. And you say, well, escape what? Well, they didn't escape the consequences of disobedience. They didn't get to enter into the promised land. They didn't enjoy the promises of God because they chose not to receive him in the human realm who was speaking on behalf of God. How much more now we don't refuse Jesus who speaks now as the final word from God. They, they missed out on the promises of God. They missed out on joy of life. A whole generation died in the wilderness why? Because they refuse to listen and receive and obey God's word. And we think today, how much more now will we not escape? And we'll say, Ed, what are we not going to escape? Well, if you refuse to receive and respond to the word of God, you will not escape the consequences of that decision. You know, the Bible is very clear that what we sow, and it uses the illustration of a farmer just throwing out seed. You know, when a farmer throws out seed, he's going to reap a harvest of what he sowed. And there were two things that were given to us in the scriptures. You sow to the Spirit, obedience, receiving God's Word, obeying Him, living in the Spirit, then you're going to reap everlasting life. You're going to enjoy life both here and now. But, but if you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap corruption. There are consequences to our decisions. You can't just go through life and go, well, you know, I'm a Christian. I go to church, and, and yet you don't receive God's Word. You don't obey God's Word. It doesn't make any difference in your life. Do you not think that's not, you're not going to pay a price for that? Do you not think it's not going to catch up with you? Do you not think that you can go your whole life, own a Bible, be in church, never obey it, that that's not going to have some kind of consequences in your life? Listen, the Bible says you won't escape it. You, it will hurt you and harm you. Today, if you have no relationship with God, the pain that you'll experience, the pain that you'll experience is you will live eternally separate from God. And I reject wholeheartedly the teaching and the doctrine that comes to us primarily through Reformed theology that says God's grace is irresistible. God's grace is not irresistible. I watch people every single day resist the grace of God and reject the word of God and walk away from God. Like the reality of God's love to you is not going to be given to you against your will. You want to match the grace of God with your choice to repent of your sins, not live in them. And so he says in the tough times, in the times that we're in, don't give too much credit to people that are on earth because all the shakings going on, this stuff's not going to last. As a matter of fact, turn over to 2 Peter. Let me show you. Second Peter's. I mean, this phrase, it just sticks in my mind. See that you don't refuse 
Like, like he's already talked about looking unto Jesus. They give me that illustration of eyes. He says, see that you don't refuse him who speaks. There's always a price to pay when we refuse the word of God. Always a price to pay. Because there's a shaking going on so that what's temporary will be replaced with that which is eternal. Notice with me, verse 10, 2 Peter. Such a great passage of scripture, a reminder from Peter, a very different perspective of the same situation. Notice verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, all of the temporary problems, all of the difficulties, everything you're living in right now, the earth and heaven, since all these will be dissolved, here's the question of the day, the question of the month, of the hour, of the year. Here's the question. Because things that are temporary are going away, replaced with the eternal, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved being on fire and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for the new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. What type of person are we to be? You notice back in Hebrews chapter 12, it says now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made, so that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. And therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom, new heaven, new earth, which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. What kind of people are we to be in tough times? But those that hear and respond to the word of God, those that live by the grace of God, those that look for a city whose builder and maker is God. That's what Abraham did. Remember, as we were studying through the hall of faith, he lived his whole life looking for that city whose builder and maker was God. Looking for that day when every tear will be wiped away, where every wrong will be made right, where every question that you have will be answered in the presence of Jesus Christ. A kingdom that can't be shaken. So much today can be shaken. You experience it especially when you start putting your trust in man. And you begin to trust in systems instead of trusting in the word of God. We all do this. Every single one of us. This is especially a temptation when things are going, when, when things are falling apart around us. When the shaking, you know, when you think about it, the whole world's being shaken. And it's easy to say that. It's easy to say the whole world's being shaken. The whole world's being upside down. It's very hard when it's your house. And it's your life. And it's your marriage, and it's your health, and it's your singleness, and it's your loneliness, and it's your prodigal kids. That's a different story. But things are being shaken. It's a, not just a global phenomenon, it's happening in our lives. And it's going to happen until the day we inherit the kingdom, where God is allowing things to be shaken so that our trust may be built in Him, and that we would look to Him and not to man. That we would trust him. That we would look forward to the heavenly kingdom. And we would live like it right now. What kind of people should we be? We should be people of grace. Making a difference in this world. Being the church. On the highways and byways of life. 
that our lives built upon the rock, not upon the sand, but our lives built upon the rock, we too won't be shaken. We'll be able to get through anything by the grace of God. That in his weakness, we'll learn that his strength is made perfect. And that the things that we didn't need, we didn't need. And we live by faith in the God who died for us. We are receiving, it says, verse 28, we are receiving. Because the kingdom is ours and it can't be shaken, then let's move forward in grace so that we can serve God acceptably. Remember in Romans chapter 12, we learned that we're to give ourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. There is an acceptable service to God, and there is an unacceptable service to God. And the key is the motivation. You know, God wants you to be motivated by His great love for you, to be reminded of how far you've come. I was praying with a brother earlier. And and as I was praying for him, he says, well, you know, the Lord just told me to come up and have you pray for me. And I said, okay, let's pray. And as I was praying, the Lord impressed upon me to remind him and, and ask God to remind him of just how far he's come. Because it's easy to forget how far you've come. Because you're caught up in your daily failures and you're caught up in your daily issues and you're caught up in your daily difficulties and forget, man, look how far God has brought you. Look what, remember what he delivered you from. Remember when you were sinking in sin. Remember when there was no hope for you. Remember when everyone gave up on you. God did not give up on you. And here you are following him today. See that you don't refuse the word. Go all the way. Continue on forward. Don't give up. Don't quit. That's the message to Hebrews. That's the message to us. Now, before we end here, I want you to go back and emphasize with me verse 25, the first part. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. I like that. I like that reminder. I'm encouraged of that reminder to hear the word and obey it. Because hearing God's word and obeying it is essential to your steady, ongoing progress in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Seven different times... In the book of Revelation, seven different times, Jesus tells seven different churches a similar thing, like he does in verse 7 of Revelation 2. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who has an ear, let him hear. He who has an ear, listen closely. He who has an ear, receive the Word of God. This is an important thing to pause on because we're living in a time, unlike any other time, unprecedented where so many voices and so many opinions and so many attitudes and so much judgment wants our attention and wants our loyalty and wants our commitment. Just so many voices. Everybody's got an opinion on this and an opinion on that. And, and then you click in on this thing and it's a brand new teaching here. And you got everybody saying this and posting that. There's just so many voices. How do we know? Which voice is for us? Well, we know which voice is for us because the final word of God didn't come from some YouTube video. It didn't come from a pulpit. The final word of God came through Jesus Christ. It's his voice you need to learn and train your ears. You need to train your ears to say no to the lies and yes to the truth. In this atmosphere, I like to think of it as an atmosphere, like in the room right now. This is the atmosphere of our room. Well, the atmosphere of our culture is so filled with these opinions and attitudes and judgments. Which ones do we receive? Which ones do we hold on to? For the Hebrews, 
it was so vital for them to keep their attention on the all-sufficient one, Jesus Christ, and his voice. Learn how to hear from him. I can tell you for me personally, in this last year, God is revealing a fresh new grasp of the words of Jesus personally. I've been enjoying this new revelations of, of old standard truths in my life, like new applications, I should say. You know, the, the one where Jesus says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be out, and his righteousness, all these things have been out. God has given me a brand new nuance to that, especially because uh, I, had, I had memorized it in its own, con, you know, just the verse, but, but going back to it and remembering where it is. Do you know that verse is in the midst of Jesus encouraging us not to be worried about stuff. It's actually an antidote to worry and anxiety to seek him first. And, and the simplicity of it. One of the ways that God has revealed that to me too is that during this time with all conspiracy theories and all that, a lot of the questions have to, be, have to do, a lot of the pastoral questions that come my way have some, some attitude or element of, you know, what happens if? And what are we going to do when? And the Lord has really made it simple for me. It's like, hey, I don't know what we're going to do when. The Bible tells me not to worry about tomorrow. I don't deal in hypotheticals. I'm living right now. So let's be faithful right now. Let's do what God's called me to do right now. Because Jesus said, today we have enough stuff to worry about. Today has its own issues. We'll get to tomorrow if he gives us tomorrow. So let's not let hypotheticals paralyze us in being obedient in the moment. And God's just revealed. That's a simple truth. That's not anything new. That's been in the Bible since I've been a new believer. And guess what? It was in the Bible before I was a new believer. It's the teaching of Jesus. We're going through Hebrews one verse at a time with Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace. Pastor Ed, there are more ways today than ever before to access the Word of God and great teachings. Let's talk about some of the ways our listeners can listen to your teachings. Well, Larry, the primary place that the teachings of Calvary Church here can be heard is on our church website, Calvary CO, that stands for Colorado, calvaryco.church. And all of the messages, at least most of them, that I have taught here in the 21 years of pastoring this church are found there. The reason other studies might not be there is because we lost the files or they got deleted somewhere. Uh, but most of them are up there, uh, calvaryco.church. You can also listen uh, to our radio broadcast at aboundinggraceradio.com, aboundinggraceradio.com. They're also archived over on oneplace.com. Just put in one place and then my name, Ed Taylor. Uh, but the best place to connect really is our app. Uh, if you go to your app store and just put in my name, Ed Taylor, that'll keep you connected with our radio station, our radio ministry. It'll keep you connected with the blog, social media, our church, and all the teachings. So download the Calvary Church app. And turn on notifications, because we love to send out encouragement. I send an encouragement out every morning, 8 o'clock uh, Colorado time. And it's a little scripture, little encouragement, whatever it is on my mind at the time. And, and then you just stay in touch with us, because we want to stay in touch. We want to resource you, encourage you, strengthen you, because uh, we really do count it a great privilege to be a very small part of the huge work that God is doing in your life. And we'd love to stay in touch. And through any of those um, out, outlets, you know, websites, app, you can email me directly. If you, if the Lord's using our ministry, you want us to pray for you, 
you can always email me directly, and I'd love to hear from you. Thanks, Ed. Each month, we pick out a book to help you develop a spiritual library with the hope and prayer it will aid you in your walk with the Lord. Here in September, we've got a good one to share with you, written by Louis Giglio, titled, Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table. Would you like to break free from the chains of negative thinking and experience true freedom from unhealthy thoughts and emotions? You can. In this book, you'll discover practical ways to overcome Satan's lies and find peace and security in any situation you find yourself in. Request a copy today when you support Abounding Grace with a gift of $25 or more. You might think of it as our way of saying thank you. You can do that by calling 877-30-GRACE. Again, the number is 877-30-GRACE or order online at calvaryco.store. Abounding Grace is a nonprofit radio ministry located in Aurora, Colorado. We're thankful for each and every listener that comes alongside us to help bring these teachings to your community every day. You can make a donation online at aboundinggraceradio.com. Don't miss our next study in Hebrews. We'll pick up right where we left off today. That's here at Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado.